good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome back to the Voice of the Valley. It's good to be back in the studio after a summer break hiatus, uh, but we're back in the podcasting room, and I have uh, Pastor John here. John, good to see you. Gracias. This is the first time I've seen you in uh, three months. Well, so it's good. Yeah. Well, it's good to be seen. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. It's good yeah. to be here. I'm looking forward to this next season of rousing <laughs> Voice of the Valley podcasting. Yeah. With my compadres. Yeah. So based on based on the Spanish, you you were touring South America. Was that this summer? Is that why you were gone so much? Well, no. Uh, but being gone so much, I kind of reverted to my roots, and pretty much I'm just dreaming in Spanish now. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's what you get for growing up in Ecuador. But uh, yeah, so I was gone a, a while, partly because I was on scheduled to be on vacation, and then God scheduled me to have COVID for the second time, and that also added to my oh, man departure. That, that's still yeah. a thing, still out there. Is what still a COVID? Thing? I think it's still out there. Yeah, I, oh. I I I had it for the second time back in late June, early July. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was nothing compared to the first time. Yeah. yeah. It was like cakewalk, yeah. comparatively. Comparatively, yeah. But it's good to be back. Yeah, good, good. And obviously, you've heard that Pastor Rick is in the podcasting room as well. Rick, um, yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah. It has been a while. Been hopefully, a while. Uh, hopefully, we don't royally disappoint everybody who have done nothing this summer except wait by their phones for the next podcast to drop. You know, we had I had masses of people coming up to me and saying, I'm excited for you guys to get the podcast going again. Masses? Yeah, there was like one, the or, two, one or two people. That it's like an iPhone release. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's, there was, Proportionally, that there is was the majority of our audience. A solid two people came up to me and said that. Wow, so. that's all Half of, of our audience came up to me and said... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm uh, I'm excited to get back into uh, into the podcast, and uh, so just so everybody knows, over the next eight weeks, I believe, we're going to be looking at the attributes of God, and then the following eight weeks, I think, uh, we're going to be looking, uh, answering questions that anybody has for the podcast, which means that if you're listening to the podcast, you have to send in your questions in order for us to answer those questions. Because if you don't have any questions, there's no podcast. And um, you'll be disappointed. You have a maybe, lot of faith. Maybe. I remember the last one time we tried to pull that off? Yeah, well, that's why we're starting eight weeks in advance to get people. No, that around. makes sense. Hey, this yeah. didn't work out well last time. Let's dump two months into that. And, and <laughs> what, what do you, what do you, what's your personal opinion of fake questions? Like questions just to give us something to talk about, not really... Well, not real questions because they have the answers, but fake questions. What do you think about those? That's great. Uh, we've been doing fake questions <laughs> for the last like two years. Okay. I've been I've been creating fake questions. For I thought two it was years. the bots from Twitter. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. I thought Elon Musk was sending them in. So. Yeah. <laughs> Craig but, Harris. Craig Harris did that to me once because I had that back when I was doing student ministries. I had that bucket list where you could you know students could he, ask he anonymous it. questions. He put one in there. In writing that looked like it was from a kid, um, well, it was, was just his, his writing. writing. It was his normal <laughs> writing, and it was uh, where do babies come from? And I thought it was some kid being snarky. I was like, well, fine. So I scheduled a month long series on a theology of babies and family, <laughs> during which we found out we were having uh, the twins. 
<laughs> so God called my bluff. And then, uh, and it turns out it was Craig. He put that in there. So the students had to suffer through a month of that teaching on Wednesday nights. You, you, would, take, Craig. you would take a question like that and turn it into a month. I did. I did do, <clears throat> yeah, I did. So anyway, send in your questions. Yeah. Yeah. Where do all the pinches babies come from? <laughs> That's question number one. Or can God create a rock that he can't even lift? Oh, stuff like that. Did stupid you ever see that video, that, that parody of uh, Rob Bell's stupid little love wins trailer? Yeah, the guy on the, on the treadmill. On the treadmill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why can't I have a chocolate milk dispenser in my fridge? <laughs> These are the deep questions. Oh, board Christians, board Christians. Yeah. So are we covering all eight of God's attributes over the next eight weeks? Yeah, there's only eight. Wow. Um, no, there's obviously there's there's more attributes, but we're only covering eight um, over these next eight weeks. Um, but today, today, we're going to be looking at the simplicity of God. What you talking about? The simplicity of God. Uh, you know, before before we dive into this subject, what we want from this podcast for you and for ourselves is not just to gain more knowledge or facts about who God is. Uh, what we really are looking for in this podcast is to drive you into deeper fellowship and worship with God by looking at His attributes. So hopefully this podcast will, will push you into deeper deeper fellowship with Him. Um, I well, think, and that's Packer's idea, right? It's you can't worship what you don't know, right? So, right. if you really want to worship and fulfill the purpose for which you were created, then you must get to know God. Yeah, and the and the avenue is looking at His person, His yeah. attributes. Yeah, you know, and I and I think about thinking about the attributes of God. I think we know some some of the basic knowledge of those attributes you know when we talk about the sovereignty of god or the omnipresence of god things like that we we know the baseline uh response to to what that is but actually when you start unpacking the depths of what that means um it really does drive you to to worshiping him more fully some people write books about this some people do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah big books large books (laughs) long books (laughs) Yeah. Stephen Charnick type books. Stephen Charnick. Stephen Charnick. The premier book on the attributes of God ever written by a human being. That was a he was a Puritan, right? Charnick. He was what? He was a Puritan? Yes. Charnick. Stephen what, Stephen Charnick. What what was the book? The Existence and Attributes of God by Stephen Charnick. Five volumes. That's it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, at least we're doing eight episodes. You can, yeah, right. So Charnick, <laughs> who? Yeah, Stephen. no. So we we can, uh, you know, he. You can get one volume. My dad, from one of my birthdays, gave me uh, all of Charnick's volumes in one. He thought he'd been pretty helpful. Oh my word! It's like it's it's like Matthew 10, Henry's one volume commentary. <laughs> yeah. We used to have those here. Five point font. Point five font. Single spaced. <laughs> yeah. Is that so, even you? Is that my phone? Jeremy's phone's ringing. Oh, that's embarrassing. Hey, that's do a live call on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm getting a phone call from God's saying, get on with your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the five volume. That might have been a question. Actually, it might have been. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
The so simpl- did, did you finish it yet? I want to know the Charnock story. Well, uh, I finished it um, because I'm done with it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a guy uh, at Multnomah. He's like, so he was um, a worship leader at the school. Um, he's like, I was a student here and I finished. I didn't graduate, but I was done. I finished. <laughs> I finished. <laughs> um. The simplicity of God. The simplicity of God. Now, when we say that God is simple, uh, it seems borderline heretical. God is simple. You know, when we think of someone being simple, we usually think that that person's not really all that complex. Their way of living, you know, thinking, speaking, um, carries, carries that aura of just plainness. So, you know, when we when we say that God is simple, you can understand why it seems heretical to say something like that. But what what do we really mean when we're talking about the simplicity of God? What does that mean? That's what it means. <laughs> John Schubert's back, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> no, I, I I mean, I think what we mean is that uh, he's knowable, he's eminent, he's here, he's close, he's, he's accessible. Uh, he's not, he is transcendent, but he's not transcendent uh, in a sense of being unknowable, being uh, uh, beyond our understanding. He, he reveals himself in such a way that simple humans can understand him. Hmm can relate almost to him. We are, after all, created in his image, um, even as fallen humanity, created in his image. And so there's a, a simplicity about us, too, that would help you understand what we mean when we're talking about the simplicity of God. Um, theologians describe it as an eminence, a nearness, a closeness, a relatability. He's transcendent, but he's also eminent. Hmm. But we'll continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no. So the fact that God is knowable is is obviously it's so it's critical. I mean, apart from that, we we wouldn't have any hope of being able to understand hmm. truths about God. And so in his in how he has revealed himself, one of the first and most well, probably the pr- the primary thing we see when we're talking, when theologians talk about the simplicity of God, is exactly what God revealed to Israel and was such at the core of their daily confession of faith, because they had to understand this as people who were going into a land surrounded by pagan uh, pantheon of gods, where there is this multiplicity of gods, and um, they're very impassioned and um, changing uh, God says, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And it's that, that indivisibility of God. God does not exist in parts. Um, God as Trinity is not three gods who Father plus Son plus Holy Spirit equals one God. It is, He is God. All of who He is is all of who He is. Mm-hmm. Indivisible. You can't break Him down into, into different aspects. His attributes aren't aren't different parts that make the whole. God is God. 
that's his simplicity. God is, he does not exist in parts. Um, and so we have to understand him for who he is, all of who he is, all at once in every way, mm-hmm. which I, I know is different ways of getting around this one truth, but we just, we need to understand that there is not parts of God. Because once we do that, we actually get into some of those ancient Trinitarian heresies mm-hmm. that have shipwrecked the faith of many. One of the interesting things about discussing the simplicity of God is is it becomes very complex. <laughs> right. <laughs> and seriously, I mean, yeah. there's not a more complex doctrine in Scripture than the Trinity. Yeah. It, it is. It still baffles theologians who've mm-hmm. been studying it for centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not it's not simplicity in the fact that it's oh this is easy. Yeah. It's not that at all. Yeah. It's it's an accessibility that I think we're focusing on uh, a unique accessibility mm. that God allows um, for humans to have. He's obviously the most complex being in existence, right? I mean, there's not a more complex being in existence. Uh, a being who can create the, the detail of creation that we see around us can't be less complex than that. He has to be more complex to create it. So th- there is a, a simplicity theologically about, about God for our understanding, for the sake of our understanding. Um, but we need to separate that out from his, the reality of his complexity. Mm-hmm. It's like the gospel. The gospel can be understood by children, and yet... The, the the heaviest theological hitters in human history have a hard time grasping the totality of the gospel. Hmm. So I think that's what we're looking at here. So, um, you know, when we when we're talking about you know God God obviously being notable, and then God's not divided into into parts. You know, I think about I think about this idea from First John four eight. Uh, you know, many many people hang on this passage from First John four eight that says God is love. You know, this is a key component to who who God is. Um, you know, God is love. So therefore, um, their thinking or this thinking is is they place the love of God above and against um, you know the wrath of God or the justice of God or the the righteousness of God or you know what other whatever attribute that that's placed out there um how does this how does the simplicity of god help us in that way of thinking that god is is god is love yes but god's love is not more than god's wrath or well, I think the, the verse that rick read earlier about the unity of god the lord your god the lord is one yeah helps answer that question he's not just one god that's obviously true. That's that's the the biggest struggle that Israel had to learn in their history was that he was one God. I mean, there was not a pantheon of gods, as Rick said. But he's not just one in a sense of solo. He's one in the sense of unity. He is as much just as he is love. Mm-hmm. So that's the way we think about it. It's these things are all equal in God. He is one. He is balanced. He's perfect. 
in every regard. He has he is just as much wrath as he is patience. Yeah. And love as he is just. Yeah. He's one. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And that's really the essence of the matter. Um is that we can't take part of God because there are no parts of God. Um and one of the as I was reading um, and studying for our conversation today, that's one of the most helpful things I read, was that, that all of God's attributes are attributes of each other. So um, his, his love is, is a patient love. His patience is a loving patience. His anger is a righteous anger. His wrath is a holy wrath. You know, because you can't, these aren't things that balance out God. They are all of them his perfection. And and so when people say, well, don't you know God is love, First John 4, 8, um, so you shouldn't be calling out sin because that's not a loving thing to do or, or whatever, you know, however people twist the scriptures, judge not that you be not judged. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, let's be honest here and actually look at all the other places where God is and that in those two words, God is, those being verb, that being verb is followed by another attribute. Uh, Jeremiah twenty three six the Lord our righteousness okay so the Lord our righteousness he's right he is righteous John four twenty four God is spirit First John one five God is light John fourteen six I am the way the truth and the life First Corinthians one thirty he is the wisdom of God Christ is the wisdom of God the power of God there are descriptions of who God is he describes himself as wisdom light power love you know, throughout scripture. And that's never to the exclusion of any other aspect of his being hmm. because he can't be divided into parts. Hmm. Sproul in his, in his book, The Holiness of God, um, makes a good argument for the unifying quality of God, his holiness. His love is holy. His justice is holy. Um, every quality that we'll be discussing over the next eight weeks, including his simplicity, is unified by the concept of holiness. It's an other, it's perfection. It's not like your love or my love or my simplicity or, or your patience. No, it's a holy fill-in-the-blank quality. It's mm-hmm. a holy love, holy patience, holy wrath. Ho- and that's one of the main points of his book mm-hmm. um, on the holiness of God. That's the unifying factor is his holiness. It's not like holiness is an attribute. Mm-hmm. It's... Holiness is the unifying reality of all the other attributes. Hmm. So that's, that's one thing to keep in mind, too, as we're talking about this unity of character. Hmm. So, um, so as, we, as we think about the attributes of God and the simplicity of God, are the attributes that we discuss, are they what is, when we talk, as it relates to the simplicity of God, are, are the attributes what make up who God is, or is it an overflow of God, if that makes sense? No, it well, is God. It, it is God. God. You, that's what the simplicity of God is all about, okay. is they don't make up God. Nothing makes up God because God is God. His attributes are his perfections. Um, to know his attributes is to know who he is in his essence. And this is what's so critical about the simplicity of God, is, is his essence is everything about him indivisibly that's why this this is such that's why as john said god is complex but but that's not in a way 
because I'm, it, he's complex because there's so much of him to know and understand more than we can ever fathom or explore in all eternity. And yet his revelation of himself at any point, he is revealing all of who he is in those things. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we have to hedge against the temptation to, as we're considering his attributes or his perfections to, to do so. Like we do it rightly because each aspect of him reveals truth about who he is, but never to the exclusion of any other part of who he is. Because God can't be divided. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question based on what your answer. Yeah. Um, is God infinite? Yeah. Okay. So there are aspects about God that we yet don't know, even that are outside of our current revelation of him. Sure, because he hasn't revealed it. Right. 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 But there are things out there that we will discover in eternity about him that we don't currently know and are not yet revealed. Yeah, we'll know perfectly, Paul says, right. even as we right. are so there's more perfectly known. Because he's infinite. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's it's not that what we understand currently about who God reveals himself in Scripture to be that makes up God. That's true, it does. It's part of who he is, but it's not all of who he is. He is infinite. And we're finite, which means he's beyond our understanding. This is what eternity is going to be about the revelation of God to his people forever. And each re- new revelation will be a, a, uh, a motivation for, for new and awesome worship that will be taking place throughout eternity. And so, yes, he is loving. Yes, he is simple. Yes, he is good. Yes, he is patient. But he is so much more, so much more that we, we will be learning on, learning about forever. Mm-hmm. So, um, not to discourage anyone, but we'll never know God thoroughly and completely. He's infinite. He's going to always be beyond our current understanding of him, which is exciting to me. Yeah, and I, you know, in thinking about these these attributes, uh, th- that's the beautiful thing, right? As as we dive into who God is, you know, there's there's more that's being mined as we as sure. we get into it. And I think it's important to reiterate what Rick finished his comments with, and that is, we will never discover anything that's contradictory within God. <laughs> right. So God will never reveal in the future. Oh, there is, actually is an unloving aspect to Him. Mm-hmm. He will never reveal that, oh, he actually doesn't know everything. There are parts that, that ooh, man, mm-hmm. that's new. I thought he was <laughs> omniscient. Yeah. Uh, no, that's never going to happen. It's just aspects that w- our minds currently don't operate in that will mm-hmm. be revealed. Mm-hmm. And they will never contradict anything that has been revealed. Mm-hmm. And we'll never be looking at it or discovering anything that adds to God. We'll right. get, be going deeper into right. God. Right. Um, I think maybe a helpful picture, and, and this sometimes this image sometimes gets overused, but in this case, it's a particularly helpful illustration. is is like when you turn a diamond um, at a jeweler's shop, um, when it when the you know when the jeweler puts that little glass up to your eye, and then he's he's turning it. Each facet of that diamond that you're seeing does not, it doesn't make it more than the diamond. You're discovering more of what makes that one un- indivisible diamond so beautiful. Yeah. And different facets may highlight different aspects of it, but 
no aspect of it is in contradiction to any other. Uh, it, it always qualifies and it enhances the brilliance and beauty of it. Um, so that's another call. John's, Somebody John's seriously <laughs> wants to ask a question. Was it Clee Ellum? Was it Clee Ellum calling you? <laughs> no. I'm going to turn my <laughs> ringer on. Uh, no. <laughs> and so that's, you know, that the loving holiness, the, the righteous wrath, that whole, you know, again, yeah. the attributes, being attributes of each other in our one holy God is... Yeah. One of the aspects so or good. quality characters of God is that he's unchanging, right? Yeah. Um, so God is never changing. He will never change. He is always God and will always be God. Mm-hmm. What changes is our understanding of him. Mm-hmm. And so when we, even now, this side of glory, uh, we learn things about God, it enhances our understanding of who God is. It doesn't change him. It changes us. This will go on forever. We will become more and more clear on who he is and why that's um, worshipful, why, it, why that in, enhances our worship. Yeah. So, so thinking about the simplicity of God and, um, you know, in Christianity, the highest point for us is when Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins and when he rose from the grave. Where, how do we see the simplicity of God taking place at the cross of Christ, if that makes sense? Uh, I'm sure it does make sense, but um, I'm a little thick on it. So can you help me understand the question a little more? Uh, it, you know, because we, we see, how does... How, um, Are you talking about the incarnation? Well, well, no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the cross of Christ. Yeah, okay. How... You know, because we talk about God's wrath being poured out on Christ, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we see we see the justice of God taking place at the cross of Christ. We see the love of God happening all at the cross of Christ. It, it, how does that? What is the simplicity of God in that that regard? If that makes sense, does that make sense? Am I? I look I think, like I'm confusing. I think so. <laughs> is it making sense? No, Do but that's fine. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, we're sinners, and God meets our need. Is that what you're saying? Oh, is that that's pretty simple. I think the incarnation is the key to it, is because when we look at at Christ bearing the wrath of God, um, he's able to do that for us as the God-man. So, you know, follow me here. I'm going to get there pretty quickly, but I need need to start with the incarnation. Um, The incarnation isn't a change in God, um, because God cannot change. That's one of his his perfections. Um, And so Christ, when he comes, what gets... um, what he gets added is the human nature, which does not alter, change, or intermingle with the divine nature. We have the two natures in the one Christ, who is the eternal Son of God, who himself is God in his fullness, mm-hmm. together with the, the Father and the Spirit. One simple, undivided God. But Christ, in his perfect life as the God-man, is able to be our stand-in, so that at the cross, um, God's righteous wrath, that perfection, okay, um, can remain unchanged um, as it is indivisibly expressed with his love because in the person of Christ, the wrath of God is exhausted over our, for our sin and uncompromised as he shows us mercy and receives us and gives us the righteousness of Jesus. Mm. And so all of that is only possible because of the nature of Jesus as our, um, as our mediator. Mm who's able to make those two indivisible aspects meet. 
because what do we know about God's character in Exodus as he reveals himself to Israel, um, and particularly to Moses on the mountain? Um, the Lord, the Lord, who shows forgiveness to thousands of generations of those who love me, but who will by no means pardon the wicked. And on the face of it, that looks contradictory because we realize, because we've read from Genesis, right? Yeah, we're all wicked. Um, but, and, he, and he does pardon the wicked. And he does pardon the wicked, <laughs> but but not in the sense that he ignores their wicked their wickedness, which would be to compromise the perfection of his righteousness and his mm. and his holy wrath. Um, it's all possible because Christ, right there at the cross. Um, allowed that righteous wrath to be exhausted for our sins Mm -hmm. and the love of God in pardoning the wicked to be manifest because our righteousness at the cross became given to us by Christ. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm interested to think here what you're thinking as it relates to the question. Obviously you have something in mind. Well, no, I just, I, I I can't help but think about the cross of Christ and, and the simplicity of, you know, as we, it's, it's easy to divide God's attributes, right? It's it's for people to think that way that we we divide God's attributes that well here's God's love taking place here and then here's a little bit of God's wrath taking here and here's His righteousness but all of those things are, are are you know God God is one obviously as we discussed but it it comes together at that moment you mean yeah like His love and justice yeah like love and justice are taking place at the same time because God is simple right like. That, that can't be divided. Um, a problem with our conversation is the word simple. The, the, what we mean by that word. Mm-hmm. That's part of our problem. Um, um, unity might be another word that would help us understand what we're after. Right? Yeah. He's, he's, God is, is unity. He's, all of his attributes are one. There is not disharmony or disunity. That's the that's what I mean. That's what I think I'm hearing us describe as simplicity. Right. It's it's not a complex, uh, you know, formula that we're stirring up here. It's a simple formula yeah. that we're stirring up here, yeah. and it includes all the equal parts. Yeah. They're in union with one another. Mm-hmm. Wrath, justice, mercy, love, and those things do come together in the cross. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm getting at. And I, you know, Rick, you 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 hit on that earlier, but yeah, that's that's, I think that's what I was trying to get out. I think. Well, we did. We got there. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, okay. S- here's as pulling up a systematic theology um and here's here's a simple definition <laughs> here's a simple definition of god's simplicity is it since tarnic? we're talking about terms no okay. i can't fit that on my iphone i don't think yeah. they have iphones that fit that big of files yet <laughs> which one is it Charnix? uh Charnix? no it's MacArthur and mayhew um mm. biblical doctrine god's sim- four pager just the four pager yes <laughs> god's simplicity is his indivisibility his perfect lack of composition this means that each of and all his perfections are his essence and it, it only takes a couple sentences to say that but then here we are yeah <laughs> um and yeah. john frame john frame emphasizes the fact that that doesn't mean that god that god is not complex in 
his depth. And, and that's why we can easily get tripped up on questions about how do the, the perfections of God or his attributes relate to each other? Mm. Um, how do we see this? You know, Psalm 8510 says that righteousness and peace kiss each other, you know, right. when God's righteousness is why he can't overlook our sin. We have peace with God because righteousness and peace met at the cross mm-hmm. in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the perfections of God for our salvation as they're expressed all intersect through the Son of God. And right. so I think Paul, you know, Paul says at the end of Galatians, far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which I'm crucified to the world and the world to me. Mm-hmm. Like we have to go there with it mm-hmm. because otherwise we have no ability to know God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, just even having this discussion here with you guys, you know, when we start mining these depths, it's, it's like, wow. I, <laughs> and you said this was simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So I think it's good to, to, to read um, some of these gifts to the church, mm-hmm. like, you know, the MacArthur Mayhew Doctrine, a book on doctrine, you know, and there's a lot of these books that are, that are contemporary that are helpful, mm-hmm. Grudem, mm-hmm. Um, Frame, mm-hmm. etc. These guys speak on these things, and they speak on them in, in a short fashion that's accessible. Sure. And are, is helpful. Yeah. But like these others, like Charnick, uh, like Tozer, like Pink, like Sproul, they, they've written books on the attributes, Packer, that have written books on the attributes of God that go into more detail and, and, and implications, theological implications, soteriological implications of all these things. Yeah. And these are also helpful. And I think every Christian ought to have their hands on a copy of a few of these. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's good. Who is God? Who who is the God that you say you follow? That you say you worship? Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's, you know, that's not that shouldn't be our answer. Yeah. Well, I know he's I know he's sovereign, but maybe what yeah. does that what does that mean? What does it yeah. what does that mean? Um, yeah. You know, another another book that comes to mind is God Is by Mark Jones, and it's a devotional. So it's only you know a few pages, but it's a it's a devotional read through through his his attributes that would you know he puts it in in layman's terms that is that's helpful so well in that book he, that he wrote earlier that we read in in the Timothy group Jesus knowing, knowing Christ. Jesus knowing Christ yeah that was awesome yeah that was so good yeah and that's basically a book on the attributes of Christ yeah. is what that is yeah so yeah very helpful yeah so it sounds like that one would be a really good one um Knowing Christ would be really good. Another short, short one that would be really good. Speaking of Tozer's, the knowledge of the holy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little rough. Knowledge of the holy. It's pretty. I mean, it's 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 not simple. <laughs> Tozer, <laughs> Tozer, his he, writing style. His, his, is not he gets simple. into it in that book. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're used to reading Tozer, maybe. Okay. That's that's a heavy, heavy hitting book. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a I guess book. it fools you because of how thin it is. It's very thin. <laughs> yeah. It does fool you if, you if you're if you're judging the book on its thickness. <laughs> you would say, I can understand knowledge of the holy, but no chance of understanding yeah. uh, the existence and attributes of God by Charnock. Uh, actually, Tozer that that book uh, I think is the, Tozer's most difficult. Oh, okay. That one. It's been a while since the I've knowledge of the it. holy. Okay. It was required. Of I repent. Moment. I repent. Okay. I got it. I got it. No, I, I think it's don't good. Don't read it. It's good. Do not it's read that book. But Tozer does have a book that's accessible in Natchez. It's called 
It's called The Attributes of God by A.W. Tozer. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Apparently, I don't know what I'm thinking of. There's there's the one by Arthur Pink that... that Pink has one called The Attributes Attributes of of God. Yeah. So does Packer. Yeah. So does Sproul. These guys have zero ingenuity. They just take the other... Yeah. They take Stephen Charnick. Let's sing it. We got to write a book here on (laughs) Attributes of God. What should we call it? How about this? The oh. attributes of God. <laughs> it's like it's like when they keep doing uh, reboots of the Spider-Man franchise every two years. They're yeah. like, "Oh, I know what we need another Spider-Man." Yeah. No, <laughs> but I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss the value of the knowledge of the holy. That is an excellent book. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in, in it's fact, been he, a long he time. He opens that book by saying, "The most important thing, the most important thing about you, is what comes to mind when you think of God." Yes. Uh-huh. That mm-hmm. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. The most important thing about me is what comes to mind when I think about God. Mm-hmm. Not how great I am at my relationships or as a dad or as a husband or as a, you know, plumber or whatever. No. The most important thing about me is what comes to my mind when I think about God. Yeah. Tozer says that on the first page of that book. Yeah. And for anyone who would doubt the validity of that claim, um, who you are as a plumber a dad, a father, uh, you know, well, a dad and father is the same. A uh, husband, fill in the blank, is not is a direct result of what you think about God. Mm-hmm. Necessarily. Necessarily. And not just what you say you think about God, but what you actually think about God. Yeah, because you can say all sorts of things. Sure. Right? Yeah. Oh, I believe he's sovereign, but man, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Or, or freaking out at a yellow light. Or... What we truly believe about God will be transforming who we are for the good or for the bad. Yeah. And so that's and that's one of the and practical that's a outflows. For all of us. Yeah. Right? That's what? It's a battle for all of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why this is so important. This is why our sanctification, our growth in Christ is directly tied to our meditation on and and experience of who God is. Because what is it that transforms us from one degree of glory to another? Mm-hmm. Um beholding the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, what is his glory? It is the visible, it's the manifestation of who he is. Mm-hmm. So the next eight weeks, we're, the whole point of the next eight weeks of our podcast is to behold the glory of the Lord. And the direct result should be, in eight weeks, we should be more like Jesus mm-hmm. than we are right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I know there's somebody in the room that needs that. <laughs> Rick. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, church, we love you. We're glad that we're back uh, podcasting. I look forward to uh, diving deeper into these attributes over the next eight weeks. Uh, we hope this is encouraging and impactful for you as you desire to know more of who our God is and desire to live out your lives for His glory. Remember, over the next eight weeks, to be sending in questions that you might have. It could be uh, pertaining to the attributes of God, or it could be pertaining to life, uh, parenting, whatever that may be. Um, yeah, send those questions in, and we'd be more than happy to to uh, answer those questions. I have a Where question. do we send them? Yeah, that was my question. Um, you can send them to my email address, which is jeremy.pinch at sunvalleychurch.org. Why don't we have an email address like it's voiceofthevalley at sunvalleychurch.org? Well, I can talk to Josh. Or V-O-V at sunvalleychurch.org. I can talk to Josh and see if we can get something. I think we, can, we should. I mean, if so. we're going to be a legitimate podcast, Jeremy... I think well, we need to take this to another level. Big we, if. That's a big if. We, Let's see how the questions go. <laughs> so we'll start do, with... We'll, whoa. whoa. Easy. Knocking over his microphone. We'll start with just emailing me. 
no. first, and then um, if I get no emails. Now, how do I spell pinch? Like, is it like pinch your cheeks? What's <laughs> like on pinch me for St. Patrick's Day? Like, or it p- is, but you change the I to a Y. P Y N C H. So Jeremy dot P Y N C H at sunvalleychurch.org. All right, that's it. No, I'm, don't, gl- I'm glad that God me. is simple because this is complex. <laughs> yeah. This has yeah. been the most complex part of the conversation. Church, we love you. <laughs> we look forward to being with you next week on The Voice of Valley. Have a great week.